And this, for this past couple of weeks, we have been doing a series called Radical Prayers. Radical Prayer Series. And just um, just to kind of remind us, and for those of us who, who may not have heard it from before, um, when we talk about being radical, we talk about meaning to be different, to be unpredictable, something that is just not being in the safe or being in the norm or not harmless. It's against the norm, it's against the grain, and then it's even against what we consider to be our normal limitations. So when we're doing radical prayer, we're doing something different, something that will change, something that will transform, something that will bring about a difference. So our first radical prayer in the beginning of this series was, search me search me and that prayer talked about God searching our hearts showing us anything that is not of him allowing us to see so that we can repent and we can turn from those from those things search me our second radical prayer was break me where we ask God that was where we ask God to humble us to break away those things that are not now that he showed us help us to break away those things that are not that are against his will to transform us to help us to kind of deny ourselves to take up the cross daily to follow him to be able to say not my will but your will be done lord break us and now we come to our final um session or final radical prayer and this week we are saying lord send me here i am send me this prayer is radical um, number one because it's different from all, a lot of what we call regular prayers first of all it's radical because it speaks of purpose it speaks of calling it speaks of destiny it speaks of going forth to do but it also speaks of availability it's saying God I'm available to you and it's also different prayers because a lot of our prayers, if we're honest, tend to be selfish. And selfish in the sense that they're focused on self. Lord, bless me. Lord, provide for me. Lord, heal me. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. Even when we're praying for our loved ones, it's our loved ones. Lord, I need you to do this for them. Lord, I need you to do that for them. Lord, Lord, Lord. But this one is saying, Lord, send me. It's saying, Lord, this is what you want. Now it's not about what I want. It is about what you want. And what God wants is he wants to show his glory to the, to the world. Can I get an amen? The greatest commission that he gave us was to go forth into all nations and, and proclaim the gospel, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe, to do all that I have commanded them to do. He's called us. He's, his desire, his purpose, his will is that he shows his glory. First Peter 2 and 9 says this, you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So he, this is his 
desire that we would show forth, that we would declare, that we would show who God is, show his power, show his might. That's his desire. That's his will for us in our lives. So if any, so if what do you want to ask, well, what's my will? What's my purpose? Well, you got an answer right there to show his glory, to show his love, to show his grace. And everything that you say and do in every part of your life should be glorifying him. Can I get an amen on that one? That is what God desires to do. So he, so if we look at scripture, we see that um, God used people for, to, to advance his purpose. From creation on down, he always uses people. When he wanted to deliver Israel, he called Moses. When he wanted to create a nation, he called Adam. When he wanted to create the king, kingdom, he called David. He used people to bring his kingdom. He used people to do his work. When he shows his glory, he shows it through us. Can I get an amen on that one? So he desires to use us. The, the challenge is, what is our response? What is our response? Now there's, there's three ways we can honestly respond. And the first one that I've seen people respond is to say, here, I, here am I, but I don't want to go. That was me. I can say that. Here am I, I don't want to go. That's how, that's how I was when I was, when, before I came to, to the gathering church. I like where I was at. You know, I got comfortable. I got nice. I was in a, a big church. So, you know, in a big church, you can hide pretty well. But I, everybody knew me anyway, but <laughs> you can still hide pretty well. You still feel like you can hide pretty well and get away. You know, you miss the service, and they don't miss you that much. So it's okay, right? <laughs> so, so that's how I was. You know, I was comfortable. I was in the choir, and I could deal with being in the choir, and that was good. But God was calling me to something else. But because I was comfortable, I said, here am I, I don't want to go. You know? And Jonah was the same way. In Jonah 1, 1 through 3, God said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. And that's how we are. We, we Sometimes God calls us and sometimes all we want to do is run. Sometimes all we want to do is avoid. And we do it for a bunch of different reasons. Some of us do it because we just, we just want to focus on something else. Some of us do it because we just, oh, I just, you know, I got this nice job and I just want to work on this job. Some of us do it because, oh, I'm just, my priorities are different. Some of us do it because we're just scared. We're just scared of what may come as a result. So because of fear sometimes, we just don't want to do. But we run. Like Jonah, we run. So here am I, but I don't want to go. So second, a second way to respond is say, here am I, but send somebody else. Yeah, I'm here, but, I, I rather, but I'm not that good. Now again, here's the problem with the first one and the second one. It's still focusing on us. You notice? Now it's not, I don't want to go because of my issues. Now it's not, I don't want to go because, oh, oh, because I'm not just not good enough. Oh, I just don't have what it takes. Oh, I'm not that great. That person's greater. Let me just look at that person. No, 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 somebody else can do it. No, no, send somebody else. And that was Moses. Exodus 3. So now 
starting from verse 10 to 11, it says, So now go, I, this is God speaking. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the, the Israelites out of Egypt? Again, insecurity. Insecurity. Send somebody else. Send somebody else. And again, both responses are about self. But there is the third response that God is looking for. And that's the response that came from Isaiah. And the response is, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Well, how do we get there? How do we get to from focusing on self and saying, you know, I don't want to do it or send somebody else, I'm not good enough, whatever. How do we get there? How did Isaiah get to say, here am I, send me? Well, let's go and let's find out. Amen? Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And let me just take a moment to read it. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and a train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. The first thing you got to do, if you want to be able to say, here am I, send me. If you want to be able to show forth God's glory, first thing you have to do is encounter God. The first thing you have to do is experience God. The first thing you have to do is truly have intimacy with him. And I'm, we're talking about experiencing God's presence. And I'm not just talking about just going to church and, and just doing the devotions or doing those things or say your little prayers at night. I'm talking about Intimacy. I'm talking about an experience. I am so, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what it is. Marola just about every time I preach and she's up there, she connects to my sermon somehow in some way. Almost always. That's how you know it's just the Lord. And here he is talking about, I'm talking about to worship you, I live. I live to worship you. It is an experience. It is a connection. It is an intimacy. It's I want you because the truth of the matter is God wants you too. He wants you to experience this. He wants you to know. Why? Because he can show his glory in and through you. As you get to know him, you get to show his glory. Glory. That's why Moses was so, that's why Moses was so amazing. When he was in the presence of God for 80 days and came down, the glory was so much on him that they, that, that the Israel just got scared and said, here, cover your face. You have too much of God's glory. It came as a result of him being in God's presence for such a long time. He desires for us to know him. He desires for us to experience intimacy and it to be real intimacy. You know, like I said, I always talk about marriage because the, the marriage that really does reflect in a lot of ways our relationship with God. And one of the things I also I used to bug out for a little while with my wife was every now and then she would just come out and tell me I miss you and it would be not just on like talking about days that we were like like all at work and then I come on she'll say I miss you it would be days where we'd be home and she'll still say I miss you and I'd be like what what are you talking about I'm right here I'm right next to you what are you talking about you miss me I'm right here what do you want I don't get it and then after a while I realized 
She wants intimacy. Yes, I'm there, but she really wants to know me. And she wants me to know her. And that's how it is even in our relationship with God. Because as you see, the danger in a marriage is your wife or your husband can become your roommate. You can just be living together. And that's a dangerous place. And that's and that's and that's when I and you know when I started sensing that that's when I said and I would say oh that's the danger that's what she's saying she doesn't want a roommate she wants a husband she wants someone to know to love to care to show to connect with and in our relationship with God it's the same way we can just have a God who's up there in the sky who's up there we're down here oh yeah he's with us but we're just going about and doing our business but God is saying no I want you to know me I want you to know me I want to connect I want to know you I want to show my love I want you to experience my presence I want you to experience my grace I want to show you who I am like you've never done before Isaiah was a priest and most scholars believe that Isaiah was a priest already and then he was called to be a prophet and he was already prophesying five chapters before so this is not about him just being a prophet but this is about him experiencing God in a whole different way so it doesn't matter even if you're a preacher if you're a leader if you're a teacher God is calling us to experience him in a greater way so if you want God to send you the first thing you have to do is experience him you have to be intimate with him. You have to draw near to God as he is drawing near to you. Can I get an amen? And then it goes further. And verse 5, he says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the king, the Lord Almighty. The one thing about experiencing God's presence is that you're going to experience your humanity. When you experience God's presence, you will experience your limitations. When you experience God's presence, He will expose your sinfulness. So if we want God to send us, then we need to realize that we're sinful. You see, um, one of the things that gets dangerous, especially in ministry, you know, everybody likes to be in front. Every, because because it's it's nice. You get exposed. You're you're here. You get known. You get to show. You get to let me just say it. You get to show off. You get to show off. You get to be on the spotlight. People get to praise you, especially you make them happy. Oh, yeah. Ooh, God, that was good. Thank you. That was a great sermon. And you get all the accolades and so on. And it becomes all about, again, you. You. But when you are in the presence of God, you begin to realize, I need God. You begin to realize, oh, what a wretched man that I am. You begin to realize, I am nothing without him. You begin to realize, Lord, help 
me. And so here he is in the presence of God. And I mean, you gotta, you gotta picture this. And sometimes we read it, we, we gotta picture this. Here it is. He sees God, he sees high, he sees high, lifted up, and his very train. That's talking about his robe, the back of his robe filling the temple. Not even him filling the temple, it's his robe that's filling the temple. So you can imagine how big he's seeing God is. It's just his robe that's filling the entire temple. And he's seeing it, and he's seeing the angels declaring, holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty. I can imagine why he would say woe to me. I'd probably say woe too. I'm like, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I got this big thing coming at me. I'm in trouble now. But he's saying woe to me, a man of unclean lips. Now, what I love about this is, you know, you, we have no idea what Isaiah did to say woe to me, I am a man of unclean lips. We have no idea what he said. But uh, what I find fascinating is sometimes our greatest strengths can be our greatest weaknesses. He was a prophet. And it was because he was a prophet, he would, he would have to say, Whoa, I am a man of unclean lips. What is God doing with his mouth? And that's how it is with us. Sometimes our greatest strengths, sometimes our mouths, if we're honest, can get us in trouble, can I get an amen? <laughs> But sometimes our greatest strengths can be our greatest weaknesses. And so God has to cleanse us and God has to purchase and God has to wash us. Why? Because if we get up front, if we, send, if we get sent out like that, we're going to do more damage than we do good. Because let me tell you, I've seen some people who just go on ahead and, and just try to do and be and they were not in God's presence enough. I, I literally, I told you, I, I always share this. I knew a prophet who was a liar. Literally, a compulsive liar. Now, when he started prophesying, you could tell, okay, yeah, these, these are true. But when he came out that anointing, there was something else going on. <laughs> Why? Because, we, we, because, because we, we, he hadn't gotten to the place where he could go into the presence and say, woe is me, a man of unclean lips. Grace, forgiven and set free. I never, um, never forget, one of the things I really dealt with was in, I dealt with for many years an, uh, an issue with pornography. And I was dealing with that for years. Struggling, even as a believer, for years. But there was one day, and it, and it happened as I got, got to know my wife, and I got to a place of just saying, Lord, I want to surrender. Lord, I, I, I want to... Lord, I said I, I said, I do not want to take this into my marriage. Please, I do not want to take this into my marriage. Lord, I don't know what to do. And there was a point where I was... I had walked my wife home to the time when we were courting. And I started... And as I was coming back, I was just in a mode of just praying. And I was just praying to God. And as I got home, I went from just praying to just, Lord, I'm just going to worship. And as I worship, I began to experience God's presence. And I began to weep and cry like never before. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I just, it was just, his presence was just surrounding me and covering me like never before. And it was at that place that I said, no more. And God said, no more. To me, no more. And from that point on, and that happened in 2010, it really was no, no more. It really was no more. 
Not the inkling, not the trying, not the nothing. No more. It happens in his presence. Now, I can't guarantee that it's going to happen the same way it happened to me for you. But I can guarantee God will work in you as you experience his presence. God will transform you as you experience his presence. As you come before you, as you humble yourself, as you go before him and say, Lord, I am sinful. I am a man undone. I am a woman undone. Lord, help me. He can transform you in his presence. And, and, and I love what I love about it, it didn't happen in church, yeah. So don't get me wrong, I love the laying on the hands and I love the sign, but it happened as I just sought after him. So, so whether it happens here or not, it can happen. Can I get an amen on that one? So we get to experience God's grace and transformation. So, so we knew that we are nude, we know that we are changed, we know that we are transformed. And then finally, in verse 8, he says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. As we get into his presence, and let me tell you, this is not something that I just want us to do here. In this moment, this is a, a daily as we get into his presence. This is a daily as we allow him to search us and, and we see our sinfulness and, and we confess it before him. Daily as we allow him to fill us with his grace. Daily as we allow him to fill us with, with his love. Daily as we experience his presence that transforms us. Then we get to a place where we can daily say, that it said, then I heard. It was after the cleaning. It was after the transforming. It was after the confession. It was after experiencing his presence. After the intimacy. Then he heard. Some of us sit here and ask, why can't I hear God's presence? Because you haven't gotten to the then place yet. Because you haven't experienced his presence. You haven't gone in intimacy. You haven't confessed. You haven't allowed the transformation to take place. It's then. When you get there, then. Why? Because now he was ready. Now he was changed and transformed. Now his heart was ready to say, I want to hear. I want to hear. Before then, he was filled with other stuff. He was filled with his own intentions. He was filled with self. But it was when, when self was dealt with that he was able to hear what God was saying. He was able to hear the voice of God. And love it says, I, and love it, it says, and it shows God's heart. And it shows God's heart for her. He's, God said, he says, I'm looking for someone. And today he's still looking. He's still looking for us. He's still looking for us to say, here am I. And to be able to respond. It's at that place that we get to hear and then obey what God has said. And then we can go. And let me tell you, I don't know about you, but I, I, there is nothing like being used by God. Can I get an amen on that one? Especially when you lead someone to Christ. I will never forget. I was in high school when I led someone to Christ for the first time. And that experience was unlike any other. And it was a simple, nothing dynamic. We were in class, and you know, the guy was just a friend I knew for so many years, and found out I was a Christian, and just we just started talking, and and I just I just had the bonus at that time to be able to say, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he thought about it, and we talked, and then he said, you know what, let's do it. And 
and we prayed. And I know it blessed him. I, I checked on him like years later on Facebook. He's still a believer, still going on and strong in the Lord. So I'm grateful for that. But for me, it blessed. I, I left there feeling like a champion of champions afterwards. <laughs> I felt that I had so much joy and so much grace. Why? Because I, I, I knew this is what God wanted. I was able to walk into his will. I was able to experience his power. And God was just able to work not only in me as he was working in me, but he was working through me. And I say that because God wants to work through us. God wants to be able to do those same things to us. But we got to be able to be in the place where we say, here am I. Send me. So finally, you know, um, the radical prayer today, send me, is a prayer that says, not my, that truly says, not my will, but your will be done. Do your work in me so that you can do your work through me. So if you are like with me and saying, God, I want you to do your work in me. I want to experience your intimacy. I want you to search me and, and show me even my sinfulness. And I want you to, your grace to transform and to renew so that I can hear you say, See you say, I'm looking for you. Go. So that I can say, here am I. Send me. If you're with me on that, can you just stand? Can you just stand with me? And let's all just begin to even now just surrender to him just even now begin to just worship him just worship him it's in the worship it's in the intimacy it's in the longing for him it's in the speaking to him it's in declaring who he is it's in his presence give yourself to him allow him to search you allow him to show you Allow him to speak to you. So, Father, even now, we worship you. Father, even now, we adore you. We magnify you. Father, even now, we declare that you are God. You reign. You are worthy of all praise, glory, honor, and worship. And we worship you. As we declared earlier, we live to worship you. We desire to worship you. We long to worship you, Lord God. We long, Lord God, to experience your goodness and to experience your love, to experience your presence, Lord God. We long to draw close to you, Lord God. We don't just want you to be a friend or just somebody on the side anymore. We want to know you. We want to know you, Lord God. So, Lord God, we long for you. And as we long for you, show us you. Show us your love. Show us your grace. Show us your holiness. And show us even our sinfulness, Lord. Forgive us even now of our sinfulness. Woe to me, a man of unclean lips. Woe to me, Lord God Jesus. Cleanse and and purge and, and wash again. Renew again, Lord God. We confess that we need you. We can't do nothing without you. We're unclean, Lord God. 
we need you to make us new again. We need you to transform us again. We need you to restore us again. As David said, restore unto us the joy of our salvation, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, restore, restore. Thank you for grace even now. Thank you for transformation even now. Thank you for renewing even now. Thank you for pouring out your presence even now. Thank you, Lord God, that he that has begun a good work shall continue to perform it, Lord. Thank you. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that through this, you will give us ears to hear you what you desire. To hear your longing. To hear your purpose. To hear your commission. So that we can say like Isaiah... Here am I. Send me. It's about you, Lord. Here am I. Send me. And I will. We thank you. We praise you and worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you.